0: Hey, welcome in everybody. It's Tim Brown, your host for Farmcast for the Community, sponsored by University of Georgia's College of Pharmacy. We took the summer off to get a little breather. The students are back. We're chugging right along. And we're going to kick off this academic year by having Dr. Patrick Chansey join us. I'm going to talk a little bit about what we're doing with regard to this particular episode because it's different. Normally, I try to bring on something that's disease states and try to help you manage your health, those kinds of things. But recently, There has been so much in the media about drug pricing. The cost of drugs have gone up dramatically. As a matter of fact, statistics show that we in America pay probably 2.5 times what other people in the world pay for the exact same drugs. And one of the biggest advocates we have as consumers are our pharmacists who help us navigate this system. And Dr. Chansey, who is actually Um, The clinical science director for Chansey Drugs is also a co-founder of Continuum Health Solutions, which is a company that focuses on putting pharmacists in physicians' offices. I don't think I have to explain to many people that when a physician prescribes a product, having a pharmacist nearby is a huge resource to help them figure out the best product, the best medicine, but also sometimes the medicine that fits in the budget of that patient so they can actually take something that works for their diabetes, for example, but they can actually get to because it's affordable. He also um, serves on the CPESN USA Board of Managers and also the CPESN Georgia Board of Directors. I know that his family has a deep history with pharmacy and he is one of our alumni and we love having him on at all times. Hey, Dr. Chancy, how are you doing? Doing great, Tim. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I enjoy it when you come on. You always teach me so much. And when I reached out to you about this topic, did I surprise you that I was reaching out about drug pricing at all with everything that I know you go through daily?
1: I was about to say, it sounds like the typical conversation I get to have. So we should be should be just fine.
0: Now, can you tell us a little bit about, I, I did a background on you, obviously, but what does all that mean? What do you do day-to-day within pharmacy?
1: Uh, the, the nice thing is the day-to-day varies. Um, we have multiple locations down in, in South Georgia. And uh, so we've got a large uh, team that we're excited about to be able to, to impact our community, just to expand it to another pharmacy uh, not too long ago. And wow. so our reach is, uh, is, is expanding, but also, too, that means there's a lot of lives that we, we get to touch. So my job is to really make sure that we have all the, the cutting edge information and to uh, have the relationships in the community to make sure that we're treating our community the best way that we know how and, and some of the things that we're doing uh, with continuum are starting to branch into primary care and learn more about how do our providers uh, provide that care and where can pharmacists play a role uh, that maybe not has not been thought of especially in our area. Um, some people are doing it well and so we're trying to expand that and so uh, it, it all fits into the the conversation that we're we're trying to have today.
0: Well, it's interesting because you know that I came from Ohio where for about 26 years I was in practice with a group of physicians embedded in the office, seeing patients that need a little bit of help. But to your point about that, it was that point of contact with a physician to say, I think this might be your best option, or I'm a little concerned because this drug costs $1,000, and I'm not so sure that's affordable for a lot of people. You see a large number of people come through your pharmacies on a daily basis. Can, can I just ask, how many prescriptions are you filling across the across the entire uh, aspect of chancey drugs. How many prescriptions do you fill in a single day?
1: Well, good gracious. Well, uh, we average, depending on the location, we're averaging from anywhere from two hundred to um to to five or six hundred a day per location. It, it kind of, like, say on average. Um, so when you start to do the math, we're we're now at uh, seven locations. So numbers start to add up relatively quickly, and with the number of drugs starting to uh, the the cost of these drugs starting to go up. Uh, the, the amount that it's costing just to purchase these these meds or it's, uh, it's starting to, to change how we operate.
0: I can't even imagine. So as a pharmacist and a technician, you're there, you're filling between two and 500 prescriptions a day. Um, my guess will be over the course of that, you have a lot of questions that do come in of why is it so expensive or isn't there something cheaper? Do you have a lot of, I, I'm, I, sometimes I think you might get that question more than what does this drug do? Is, is no, a-
1: without without a doubt. And sometimes they, they, at that point when they hear what their copay might be, sometimes they don't care what it does, and uh, and so it it really really a lot of our job uh, is about navigating this world. Anybody on here that's 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 listening that has worked in the retail space, uh, they they get this all the time. So having especially with Medicare Part D and understanding how uh, deductibles work, how the premiums work, what are, what are copays, what's the donut hole uh how do i it it was my copay was lower at the end of the year why is it high at the beginning of the year uh you, you have a lot of conversations to navigate and that we don't always get in school uh i think school does prepare us for the broad strokes but sometimes until you get to put your hands on it and experience what these conversations are like and what these people are truly going uh going through yeah until you get to put yourself in their shoes it it doesn't it doesn't make sense and uh, and it requires that knowledge of of the patient and that relationship to be able to do that because we're having those conversations on a minute by minute basis and uh, sometimes uh, multiple uh of uh, sometimes that might, conversation might happen on multiple drugs with the same patient at one time uh, so it's uh it, it can get especially with these common disease states such as diabetes I so mean what? the cost of these drugs is is getting getting pretty astronomical
0: you mentioned the, you mentioned the word copay. How how are copays decided? Because I like, for example, if you and I go in and get the exact same drug, my copay can be different than yours. Why is it? It seems like if the drug is the exact same cost, why do I have to pay more, but the other person gets has a copay that's ten dollars? Why is
1: that? So it, it varies based on insurance. And so with us, it, whether you're using uh, your employer's insurance or if you're, uh, you have uh, state Medicaid or if you have a Part D plan or a, it could be a regular Part D plan, and then you may have a Medicare Advantage plan. Uh, so there's, there's commercial payers. And so everyone kind of dictates, um, dictates that a little bit differently. Uh, we have some relationships with local employers that are self-insured and we can actually have conversations with them about what their copays pays are. Uh, and so, but that's few and far between um, uh, because of that relationship. But that, that does not happen very often. Got it. But, these, but these large uh, boards, uh like you're looking at your uh, top, top five or uh, 10 uh, companies in terms of, of revenue in the world, um are the ones that are deciding what copays are on certain medications and, and how that's being um and, and there's a lot of things like nadac pricing and things that go into uh how they're deciding these numbers. Um but it's a lot of smoke and mirrors to get to the what the what the what the actual answer is on why your copay is what it is. And a lot of times you can call the insurance company and they don't even know how they tell you what why, why that, that's the right is the,
0: the actual copay for the med. So, you know, if you're the the patient or the customer and you've got a new drug that's coming in, is it worth calling ahead to sort of say, what's my copay going to be on this one? Or how would you sort of prepare someone to say, this isn't going to work. I need to call my provider back versus getting to the store and having to sit there or not get the medication. Is it do you encourage people to call and ask? or Is there a way they can check how much it's going to be without necessarily having to talk to the pharmacist?
1: So a lot of times, depending on the, the pharmacy, and I know we we have this this setup, and so you've obviously you've got your larger retail chains and, and things of that nature, may have like an app or something like that, and that you can go in and look at your profile and see what the copays are uh, ahead of time. But I know for us, when we're in actually in the process of preparing a prescription, if we see a copay that's crazy out of line, we like to go ahead and call the patient. So if you've got somebody on here that uh, if anybody's listening and and you're a part of the process of preparing a a prescription for a patient uh, and you're seeing some kind of outlandish copays, we like to check and make sure, did we do everything right on our end? Is everything showing up the right way? And then trying to get ahead of it and then calling a patient and saying, hey, we've talked to the insurance company. We've made sure that we've built this properly. Um, This is what's coming back as a copay. Uh, And then also, too, it may be something that, uh, that the doctor's office, the drug rep may have just come by and they know it's a really good option, but it's a brand new brand medication that's super expensive. And that doctor knows this will be a good option for the patient. Well, their insurance either doesn't cover it or wants three prior approvals before it even gets to the patient. So the copays might be high at that point. Got it. So we try to help them navigate that.
0: So, you know, navigating that, I guess, you know, we're talking about insurances and copays and those kinds of things. And I'll get to Medicare D in a second because it's a whole different animal. I mean, it is. But when you're talking about copays and something being higher or lower, there are also programs that pharmacists can talk to you about, right? I mean, there's coupon codes, there are things that you can, it's it's sad to say this, that so you almost have to sort of bargain shop a little bit, but do you find that um, we as pharmacists are educating the public or did the public come in and go, you know, I mean, I signed up for this program. Is that really well known among people who come in?
1: So a lot of times you'll get your big names like your GoodRx and things like that on patients that will come in and and things that they've seen on TV and and sign up for. Um, GoodRx is its own conversation in general, but there are coupon codes and things of that nature that uh, we do have to be ready for uh, to to have an understanding of how they work. So a lot of your brand medications will typically have a a coupon code or, or something to try to at least get that first year of coverage to help with managing that and usually what that's heading off is maybe sometimes insurance is catching up with a new drug and they're needing to learn how they want to cover this medication. And so, um, so for us, we do have to kind of bargain hunt and uh, and then make sure that we're helping the patient uh, find the best option and make sure that that therapy might be the best option. Uh, It might be the best option, but for the cost, is it truly the best option and getting enough bang for our buck? And um, because unfortunately, like you say, that's that's the that's where we're at. And that's how that's what we have to navigate. So there are multiple options in trying to, to figure that out. There's never there's never just one solution or there's never only just no, one
0: option. Not with drug processing. So I, I'm going to go back to my other. You know, I said earlier, if I want to find my copay is how do I do that? If I want to know if there's a coupon or a card or something that I can give to my pharmacist that might help decrease my copay they should do that before they come to see you, right? And have that ready to go. Is that easier for you as a pharmacist or does it make the process easier, I guess is a, way, a better way to say it.
1: So it never hurts if you want to provide something to your pharmacy a lot because uh, everybody goes to Dr. Google and they're going to type it in and try to figure out what, what needs to what needs to happen. And so if there is something, you can always bring it. And sometimes a doctor, especially if it's a new medication, the doctor sometimes will get something, get a coupon card from a a, a drug rep And it will help cover the the cost of that medication, at least in the short term. So a lot of times people will present us with something that they received from their doctor uh, or something that they saw online or maybe they saw a commercial and they talked about it. So we always welcome that information. Uh, But we like to uh, we we typically will go out searching for that as well. Whenever we see a particularly high copay, we'll like to check and see if there's an option for the patient to try to get that uh, taken care of.
0: Yeah, I, I want people who are listening to sort of understand that before you go pick up your script, there's some homework you can do. One is figure out how much it's going to be out of your pocket. And the second, to your point earlier, is, is it something I truly, truly need or is there a better option that's more affordable? And then lastly, if that is the option, make sure that you're looking for all the ways you can get your copay knocked down. It, it's interesting. I just had a very expensive drug prescribed for me and it kind of scared me. And I was waiting for them to call to let me know if it would go through insurance. And when they called, they told me my copay and said, but don't worry, we found this this uh, program for you. We've signed you up, and you qualify. So my pharmacist did that for me to lower my copay to nothing, to actually zero. Um, and so I want people to understand that these are questions you should be asking as a consumer. Don't take that as face value. That pharmacists are there to help you, and as you point out, physicians' offices are really stepping up and trying to and try to work with people as well. We, we've talked a little bit about traditional insurance, the copay card, and how those are kind of decided, but also how to be a savvy consumer. Whenever you reach the age of 65, you morph into this little system called Medicare D and Medicare D feels like a regular insurance plan, but it wasn't until I had to help my dad choose his plan. Did I realize how crazy that could be? Do you have any advice for people of how they can choose their Medicare D plans, like what things they should look for so they can get the best bang for their buck, if you will?
1: So, uh, you're opening a, a can of worms here, and um, and Medicare Medicare Part D looks to your point looks like uh, regular insurance until it doesn't. Yeah, and uh, and it doesn't take long for that to happen, and uh, it does provide a lot of benefit for folks, but it is a complicated world, and so uh, if you go onto any TV channel. Uh, I like to always use Joe Namath as the example. You're always going to see Joe Namath on a, on a commercial and talking about a Medicare plan and things like right. that. So I remember that. There's see, and you you remember that yeah. too. You don't know I what did. it's about, but it's but it's 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 Medicare. And um, and so I, I recommend, especially if you or or a loved one is navigating that. Um, Joe Namath m- m- probably a, a great guy. He went to Alabama, so we'll um we'll we'll, we'll, we'll that's neither here nor there for this conversation. <laughs> Uh, but, um, but we don't need to trust Joe Namath on this topic. He doesn't know what you need to take care of you or your family member, uh, when it comes to navigating the world of Medicare. And so I really think the best thing you can do, and I'm, I'm kind of biased, but you need to approach a pharmacy that has experience in navigating the world of Medicare. Because what happens is when you call some of these insurance companies, they tell you that they're, when you, when you call Said insurance company, they're going to tell you that they're the best plan for you. Yeah, they don't really know what you're taking or and how you need to be taken care of. You really need a a, a third party to step in and be able to help you navigate that. And there are insurance agents and brokers that can help do that. But I'll just be very honest uh, in my our experience and being on the other side of it, these people get taken advantage of. I had a patient uh, not too long ago. That changed their insurance, and this was in the health insurance side. But he told me that he uh, he lost some of his coverage because he went to a meeting that he heard about at Red Lobster, and they changed his insurance on him. He signed up for something oh. he didn't know he signed up for. Oh but wow! But he had he had a meeting where he was brought in, and a bunch of other folks. This was not a small meeting, but he saw an ad to say get get zero dollar copays and all this kind of stuff, and you yep. show up, and as soon as you say yes to anything. They, they sign you up for whatever they, whatever they, whatever they can. And so going to, a, to um, this is a long winded answer, but I truly think the best option is going, hopefully your pharmacy can help you with navigating that because Medicare.gov, uh, actually you can take your medications or a family member's medications, put them into the system, and it will give you a lot of information back. But it's still very difficult to understand what that what that information is, and so you really need somebody that has a lot of experience.
0: You know, you point out, you bring up a very good point. I think, you know, talking to folks and me having to go through this, and my brother really being the the person that that waded through all the information, we put medications in and it sort of narrowed down the choices, and then we looked how much it was per month, and then also what the copays were, and figured out the cheaper plan wasn't going to work because the copays were astronomical. Pay a little bit more per month, and that moved his co-pays down a lot. And then we had to call primary care and say, listen, this drug's not the preferred drug. Can he move to this drug? So we did that. And it took us probably two or three months to do all that. And I'm it's glad to hear that pharmacists help with that too. Obviously, he gave he is a father to a pharmacist and engineer, two of the most OCD people on the planet. <laughs> but um, also, if I'm not mistaken, double ARP runs classes to help you choose plans as well. And they work with pharmacists. That's a, is that a good resource in your opinion? Absolutely. And
1: and there's a lot of good resources like that out there. I think what you have to watch is making sure that whoever you're interacting with, are they getting a benefit on the backside of getting you to to, to, to do that? And so I think, and sometimes that's hard to know. And so I think it's important to use someone local that you have a relationship with That uh, whether that's your pharmacist or whether it's an insurance uh, person, insurance broker that, you know, uh, health insurance, uh, they they can help you navigate that world. But there are a lot of resources and you need to be educated, whether you uh, whether you understand it completely or not. You still need to know what you're signing up for, because this is such a big deal that this can be a life changer. Because just think if you sign up for the wrong plan. Unless you are a dual eligible patient or you fit that criteria that you have Medicare and Medicaid you can't sign up for another 12 months. You're done. You're yeah. You're you've got the
0: contract almost, you know, it's You're interesting. You, you say that like that, because that's exactly sort of our, our was our fear when we click the button to submit. But one of the things that our family did was we made sure multiple eyes looked at it. Like all of us came in and sort of, so I think for people listening, if you've got a grandkid or a kid or, you know, just someone that's there to talk it through Um, Also, I will say in the office I moved from, we used to have people in the office where they would bring the thing in and we would have them meet with patients and say, this one looks good to you, especially as we got closer to the year for sign up. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned this earlier. And the reason that we did it is because a lot of our patients were in what we call the donut hole starting about October. Can you explain what this term donut hole means? Because it is, it sounds all nice, like a donut hole. Yay. (laughs) It's actually quite horrible.
1: Yeah. Well, and the way Medicare works is, and this number changes from year to year, but basically what the, what the bottom line is, is every Medicare patient, every typical Medicare patient, uh, if you're covered by Medicare Part D or, or an Advantage plan, typically like say Part D, Medicare is going to cover a certain dollar amount of your medications over the course of the year. You may have a deductible at the beginning of the year to get the coverage started, but Medicare is going to be responsible for a certain dollar amount. Now, depending on what medications you're taking, um, if you're on many, like say you're on a brand medication, maybe an insulin or one of these GLP-1s, like so these Ozempics or things like that that you're hearing about. Yeah. Whenever you you're taking one of those, those medications are in some situations, thousands of dollars a month. Yeah. You burn through that amount on Medicare very quickly. And so basically what Medicare says is we're going to cover a large percentage and with a certain dollar amount. But once that is out, you're what's in called the donut hole. And then the percentages change drastically in terms of what you are responsible for. So Medicare covers a larger amount after you've hit that dollar amount. And so it's, so that's why uh, people say, well, people will get confused every year uh, at the beginning of the year, because then you have that high deductible. And then once you get the deductible paid off, then the copays look the same. And then we, hit some, we have some people that hit it in April because they're on so many hard, they're on so many expensive medications. Yeah. But you're right, about October, usually you see a, a large swath in the su- early summer, and then people around October will, um, uh, and toward the end of the year, well, that's when you, you'll kind of get two rounds of people hitting the donut hole uh, because of, of how many medications they're taking. So basically what that means is your co jump up dramatically, and uh, it's uh, it, it can be overwhelming for a lot of folks.
0: Yeah, because you know who budgets for that increase, right? Because you think, oh, my medications are going to be this much money. It's what I've spent for the last four months. I, I think the way I think of it, you're on a drug budget. And we talked about co-pays earlier. This is why it's important that you seek out the cheapest way to get your drugs, even though your insurance covers it. In the back end, it saves you from dropping into that one or two months where you're paying out of pocket or Worse yet, I've had people just not get their drugs because they simply couldn't afford them for November and December, Um, and that takes away all the good things that you did the other ten months of the year. You know, taking your medications. So the donut hole scares me a little bit because it sneaks up on people, Um, and they they should be aware of. uh, At your point, how much is coverage? How much are they spending per month? They need to budget a little bit, and that's honestly, Patrick, that's so hard if you're if you're not someone with this advanced college degree and you're just trying to figure out how to make it work, it, is it reasonable for them to say, you know what, I don't get this. I'm going to take it to my local pharmacist or pharmacy and say, can you guys help me with this? Is that a reasonable request from our customers to come in and say that?
1: I, I believe so. And I think we try to uh, help help our help our patients navigate that. Uh, and we're actually having conversations now because open enrollment is is on its way and yep. it will be here very soon in less than a month. And so actually uh, from when we are recording this a month to the day, and uh, and so we have to be prepared to help people navigate that conversation because even when, to your point earlier, just punching these numbers into Medicare.gov, you're getting a lot of information back, but that's not the end all be all. No. There's so many ways to navigate it and you have to understand when are you going to hit the donut hole. And sometimes, so like for us, we actually have a different service that we use that helps us do that process faster. So we have, a, especially if the patient is using us, we can tend to have that conversation relatively quickly. And we try to have staff members that are trained and, and, uh, and on board to be able to, to navigate that. But I do think it's worth talking to your pharmacist and uh, to your local pharmacist and see if they can help you navigate that conversation or get you connected to somebody that they trust to uh to be able to help educate you,
0: yeah, sort of a third party. I, you know, I for those that are in the donut hole right now and you're listening to this, you know, obviously you need to plan for next year and make sure it doesn't happen again. But what if someone's in the donut hole? And I will tell you, I've had people start January and everything looks great. They've done all their homework, they've done everything, and all of a sudden in July, we decide to add the brand new diabetes drug because it has weight loss associated with it, and the copay is two hundred bucks a month. And patient's like, okay, I can handle that. What we didn't think of is now we've exhausted the we've exhausted that budget we talked about even quicker. So there are some people who've done all their homework correctly, but they still hit the donut hole. What can we do to bridge them from that time all the way to their insurance starts again in January? Are there any programs out there or things that people should be looking for? So it gets, it gets a little hairy once you you're in Medicare,
1: because a lot of these coupon programs do not qualify. So how you were talking about earlier, uh, you qualified for uh, that, that coupon uh, service that once you're signed up for a government program, a lot of times you'll see the asterisk and you'll see at the bottom, what is uh, what the footnote is for, for some of that. And a lot of times you'll see on there, Medicare uh, does not cover, uh, or once you're in a government program, uh, it's hard for uh, for you to get. We're not going to be able to use this coupon, but there are options out there. And, and sometimes it may be that we need to do a different therapy, and something that's a, a little more cost effect, effective, and uh, and to at least get us to to where we can have the conversation with the prescriber to uh, to say, okay, what are our options here? Because that that situation that you just brought up, that's the most common thing that we hear. And so sometimes it might be that you need to have a conversation with your provider to understand, because a lot of times what happens with a lot of people it's, it's on brand medications and you see a lot, especially in like diabetes and uh, maybe COPD with some of these inhalers, inhalers, uh, yeah. the the brand, any kind of brand product you're on and ask your pharmacist what brand products you're on. uh, And they can, they can help you navigate that. But talking to your provider and saying, because you might think, well, I'm not on any diabetes medication. I'm good. Well, what your provider might be watching is you might be well on your way to, uh, to diabetes. And maybe they, at your next checkup, they say, well, I want to add this medication on board. And, or maybe you have diabetes, be like, well, I'm on these cheap generics that, uh, that are not that, not that expensive. Well, maybe we're adding an insulin on board. And uh, and like I say, insulin, unfortunately we've helped with some of our, our coverage there, but maybe we want to try some of these oral brand meds. And, uh, and so it's, it can change in a hurry so sometimes having that conversation of, with your doctor saying hey is there a risk of me going and needing new medications that um that you could foresee that um that might be a little more expensive because i'm i'm a, i'm concerned about that and like i said your pharmacist can help you with that as well and so it's it's being educated to your point earlier asking your your team your healthcare team that's around you yeah. what are my options
0: I, you know i like that i, th- I think the other thing that you bring up a very good point is you know, looking at your medication list, being aware of what's bre- what's a, what we call a brand name versus generic, what's new versus what's not new. But, you know, you mentioned something else in there. Sometimes going cheap is not always the best. I understand why we do it. But like, you know, we keep picking on diabetes drugs, not really mean to. But we know there are certain drugs to use for certain things that l- make you live longer. They're newer. We know they're mm-hmm. out there. Um Statins, You know, atorvastatin, simvastatin, they're now more affordable, but we've known for years that if you take that medication and you've had a heart attack, it actually stops your second heart attack from happening at a much higher rate if you're not on it. So, you know, I guess the other question I have is when we're talking to the, to physicians, nurse practitioners, PAs is trying to figure out how to keep that optimal therapy going during the donut hole. Mm-hmm. Are, so are there, do people still have samples that they can help people with, or should people be bashful about asking about that with their providers?
1: I'll always ask. And, uh, and, and sometimes uh, you'll, the provider will say, absolutely. We got a, we got a closet full of it, or they may know of ways to to procure it and, uh, and something to help people in navigating that time, because, um, Having worked, like say, being present in some of these physicians' offices now, we get to see a little more of that, and uh, and are watching that transpire, right. and so that helps us on the pharmacy side as well understand what is what's taking place in these in these clinics, and what conversations are being had, and so um, and a lot of times too, and for for people that are listening, the goal to your point, some of these some of these uh, brand medications are the best option, yeah, and there's nothing like them. Uh, but for a lot of people, some of these cheap generics and being adherent to these medications and taking them like your doctor prescribes, not every other day, not, not four days a week, being adherent to these medications can prevent and following, following doctor's orders can keep you from needing to get to some of these medications. And so I think it's important. It's important to make sure is our therapy optimized the way that we think it is because A lot of times what we realize and what we run into, and I could go on a rabbit hole about this, but what we run into is a doctor will see a high blood pressure. Well, then they prescribe another medication or increase the dose. Well, what they don't, if they don't talk to us or the patient might fib a little bit or they just haven't realized it, they might not have been taking the medication properly. And so they come in and have a high blood pressure. And then all of a sudden they're on multiple medications that they really don't need to be on. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, or are they using it right? Um, uh, so it's, it's, it, it, that's why the pharmacist needs to be engaged and involved uh, to make sure to helping with coaching and uh, with, and counseling through these medications. And then also working with the doctor to, to make sure that, the proper therapy is in place and that we know what we're, what we're, what's the, what's the end goal here with these medications that we're taking.
0: It's so funny you bring this up, Patrick, because one of the things that I did uh, working with physicians is they would, they would refer people to me who could not get under control and sitting down with them for a little while, you realize that about 20%, maybe 25% of the people that I was seeing, they weren't under control because either the medication cost too much. It gave them side effects. They didn't like, um, They were trying to stretch it out over time because they had a bill they didn't realize. And so, you know, for people listening out there, I understand all those rationale. Share those. Don't don't be embarrassed about any of that. Talk and let people know, because there might be alternate ways to get you another medication that's going to work better for you. Um, I do a lecture here with our first years and I discuss somebody playing golf and he doesn't take his water pill on the days he plays golf. And everybody goes, why does that matter? And I go, well, it's why his heart is not doing so well. And to your point, you make a very good point that taking your medications and talking with your healthcare providers may help minimize how much you have to pay out of pocket for your drugs, because we may be able to keep things from happening later on. That's a wonderful point. I think the other thing that comes up, and you said it multiple times, and I've sort of alluded to it, there's this big discussion about, you know, branded products and brand new drugs and this and that, But there are generic drugs out there. And I hear people say all the time, I'm like, I'm not sure about that generic. Should I, you know, that my doctor told me to get Libitor and the pharmacist saying I should get a Torvastatin, you know, is that okay? Can you talk a little bit about generic and like even how generics are approved? Like, why does the government let the generic happen versus the brand product? Because it's not just willy nilly. It just come on the market.
1: Right. Well, uh, so that's definitely a, a big a big time conversation to go through all the details but basically what it is and part of the reason why drugs are so expensive here in the United States is because we develop them yeah so we're doing a lot of the companies that are American based are doing a lot of the development for the medications that are used around the world and so uh, so we're doing a lot of that and so because certain companies are creating these drugs a lot of them life-saving medications uh they are they have a patent on them And so this patent, just like anything else, like the iPhone or whatever smartphone you have in your pocket, there's a million and a half patents around that thing that are, are proprietary information. Well, the same thing is happening for your medication because of the sometimes millions of dollars of research that have gone into the teams developing it. There is a patent. And so they have that company basically gets the rights to that medication for an extended period of time. And can be ten years, can be more. Depends on how the situation works. So that's why you may see a patient or a medication out for a long time, uh, and then it's it's been on the market for years and years and years. And all of a sudden, you might get it in, and it's got a different name on it. And you're like, well, that I don't know how to say that name. Well, a lot of times, and your pharmacy will tell you too, it has gone generic. And so what that means is the patent has run out, and the opportunity now opens up for other companies, drug manufacturers, to take the. The directions that are available uh, and create medication and then create competition around the production of these medications. So that's typically what you see when the prices go down, is because there's more companies that now have competition to be able to make these medications. And, and they're so the just, gen-
0: they're just as good, right?
1: They ju- they do have the active ingredient, the same active ingredient. They have to meet certain uh, requirements to make sure that this drug is doing the same thing that is, is required. There are some situations, very specific situations, where the brand is still needed, uh, or a, a specific. So, for example, Synthroid, you hear about it all the time. Yeah, doctors want you. We'll see it on the prescription as a pharmacist brand specific, or they'll uh, they'll specify either Synthroid or Levothyroxine to make sure that. That that's one in particular. So there's a small handful that we have to be very particular brand versus generic. But for the most part, your generics are going to uh, get you to the same uh, end game, to the same goal. And uh, and so don't be afraid of the generic. Talk to your pharmacist and see. Uh, some people just are very, very afraid and don't want to change. And I, I, I get it. I get the concern for your health. Uh, but we do um, 90% of what we are dispensing our, our generic medications in terms of the volume, um, but the brands are, are still, that, that's where that comes into play, uh, is the, wh- where they're at on their patent.
0: It also keeps that copay lower too. In the, I think the other area now that I, I talked to a bunch of primary care physicians recently in June at this big conference, and one of the things that continues to blow up are what we call biologics. Um, for those, you know, think about this: biologic are those drugs that work with our immune system and try to help us with, uh, a, gosh, a host of things, from rheumatoid arthritis to MS to Crohn's disease. I mean, they just keep growing. But there weren't any way for pharmacists to interchange those until recently, right, Patrick? So yeah, we're figuring that out now. You can now. There are now drugs coming out or biologics coming out that, at the pharmacist level, you can now substitute a version that doesn't cost as much for a branded product, right? Yes, yeah,
1: and so and there there's we're it's such a new area in in terms of figuring out how this works. A lot of times, what we're struggling with is coverage for these medications, because even even the ones that we're swapping out, insurance companies are still trying to figure out how do these how do we want to how do we want to cover these. And so a lot of times, so I'll I'll take this moment to do a PSA. Your pharmacy is working as hard as it can as it can to make sure that we're getting the right coverage for you. A lot of times. People think we're just putting uh, pills in a bottle or, or, or slapping a label on, a, on an expensive injection. But in reality, we're, we're having to navigate insurance and make sure that the therapy is correct and there's no other drug interactions. So we're doing uh, about 20 different things on the back end. And part of that is trying to figure out with all of these new expensive medications in, what are our options? What are the ways that we can help navigate this for the patient?
0: It's, you know, talking about this, there's a drug called Humira and and it's been around for a long, long time. I don't know if people realize not, but this year alone, there'll be 14 biosimilars come out that work like Humira. And I can't even imagine how to navigate the insurance to figure out which one of the 14 they like. So you guys um, that work on the front line have a lot of background and work that you do to get people squared. So we've talked a lot about pricing today. You've given some really great tips Uh, We've managed to talk about everything from co-pay to coupons to, you know, being a good shopper to knowing your budget. And so if you had to leave us with three kind of points of interest or three pearls of wisdom, what would you leave our listener with what we've talked about today to sum it up?
1: So I I think probably the the biggest thing is is talk to your healthcare team. And so don't be afraid. You're not going to get a bad grade. On, uh, if you're not doing everything 100 correct, mm-hmm. uh, that's the whole point for the team. A lot of, a lot of times, patients feel like they're letting their team down, letting their doctor down, letting their pharmacists down when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Our job is to help you navigate that. That's the whole point. So please be honest if you're experiencing side effects or if you're, uh, or if you're concerned about copay, uh, because I would not want to be. Like I say, I'm, I work every day and I see some of these things go by, and I wouldn't pay it. Uh, and so it's I, I want to make sure that we're providing the best options available. So talk to your team and let them know because a lot of times these doctors don't know the copays that you're that, that you're you're getting hit with. That's a fair they point. Don't, they don't see that side of it, and so unless the pharmacy is sharing that, sometimes that triangle between patient, pharmacy, and provider it's hard to it's hard to get everybody on the same page. Uh, but when you do, a lot of great things can happen. Um, So talk to your healthcare team. Uh, and then on the other side of that, I'd say the second thing is be cautious of who you're, who you're going with to try to, especially for Medicare Part D, be very thoughtful on who you're navigating that world with, uh, because you, you want to know where are their intentions, what are they trying to do, are is, is, your interests, uh, making sure that you're taken care of, is that their interest? And so I'm um, using someone, I say say, I'm personal, I like to use local. And so I want, I want to know who I'm dealing with, uh, no matter what is going on with me, because um, I know where their intentions are. And I want to make sure that they're, they're taking care of, of me and my family. And, uh, and then I think the last thing is, is don't, don't let this get overwhelming to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're not in this alone. So um, don't just give up on it, because the, the side effects can be, uh, can be life-altering if you just let it happen. And that's the big thing here is, is be educated, contact your insurance company and ask that there, when you have an insurance, even with a, even with a payer, if you're, say you work with a, if you're, if your employer is one providing insurance, talk to whoever it is at the company that's managing the insurance. We actually just recently switched our, our, our health insurance and and prescription insurance. And so we're asking a lot of questions this year about coverage and how things work and, and navigating that world. So, we have a contact person that we reach out to. do the same for your employer and make sure that you know who it is that you I, need to be reached out. Don't just accept what comes to you without knowing what's truly going on.
0: I think those are wonderful. I, you know one of the things that I have heightened my awareness of is that you know I work for an employer that has a plan and I am a pharmacist and although and so hopefully I can help navigate this. But at the same point in time, if I were someone that worked um, in a different environment, lived in a different part of town, uh, financially really, really had to budget hard and heavy, you should make sure that you look for your community resources and those folks that are out there to help you. Um, and don't be afraid to ask people for those. I think your point about the middle one of choose people who have your interest at heart uh, resounds with me because I talk to a lot of people who, you know, it's hard. Inflation's killing people. Groceries are killing people. So your drugs are going up in price as well. So I love the fact you've talked about uh, using your pharmacist, using local, talking to the AARP. Those are all things I, I love. Um, Dr. Chansey, thanks so much for being with us. As always, you bring a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I love what you guys do with your family and your chain of pharmacies and all the services you bring to your uh, clients and patients. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Tim. Appreciate the time and always good to to talk to a fellow dog.
0: I I appreciate it, sir. And uh, as we go away from this one, next month I have Dr. Hanning's coming on board. We're going to talk one more time about how vaccines work to prevent diseases and keep you healthy. And specifically, we're going to talk about the flu vaccine, COVID, and a brand new vaccine called RSV vaccine, anti. It keeps away a virus that can put you in the hospital as well. It goes along the same lines we talked about today, how to use your community pharmacist to keep yourself healthy. Dr. Chancy has led us down the path so we can be better consumers. Next month, we'll be talking about what we need to do to be preventive over the winter months to keep those nasty infections away, like the flu, COVID, and RSV. I'll talk with you guys soon. Until then, be safe, and thanks so much for listening to Farmcast from the Community from UGA.